Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. So today I want to talk about getting back to basics. Yep, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Getting back to basics. Now, what in the world does that even mean? It means sometimes... We just have to go back to the beginning. We have to check the foundation and we need to just confirm the good stuff. What does that even mean? Well, in naturopathic medicine, it means what's your environment? What are you feeding yourself? What are you surrounding yourself with? And what are you taking in? Because depending on what you're taking in affects what you're able to process and then what you're left with afterwards. Now, what does that even mean? Okay, the basics. What are we talking about? In the therapeutic order at the very beginning, when I first started my podcast, I did an episode about the therapeutic order. And that very first level is considered the determinants of health. And what is that? Those are the basics. Those are things like nutrition and breathing, fresh air and getting adequate sunlight and movement and interactive relationship dynamics and fresh water and sleep, having good air quality, things like that. So some people refer to these as lifestyle factors, like how are you actually choosing to live your life on a daily basis? How complicated are you making things? Or are you just keeping it basic and simple? See, a lot of people don't understand is problems to health come from how you exist on a normal, everyday, regular basis. So for example, if you have a runny nose, well, it could be allergies to the trees in your backyard. It could be a response to the dairy that you're drinking on a regular basis. It might be that you live near a factory that has smog coming out of it, smoke coming out of it. You have bad air quality. It could be construction season, so you're smelling all of that asphalt being laid down. There are a lot of different factors. It doesn't necessarily mean pop claritin, which by the way, you're only allowed to, I think, take one of those a day and they don't actually work very well anyways. And I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say this with medications because the point of pharmaceuticals is to suppress symptoms. It's not meant to support. It's not meant to heal. It's not meant to help you get back to a place of health and wellness. The point is to suppress the symptoms so that way you're not dealing with them anymore. It does not get to the root of the problem. It does not correct anything. It does not help you. It makes it so that way you and other people around you are not bothered by having to deal with the symptoms which are indicative of a problem. The symptoms aren't the problem. The symptoms tell you that there is a deeper problem. And if you try to push away those symptoms, then it just makes the problem go even deeper because you don't want to deal with it. So what does that mean? It means go away. But what does go away mean? It means push it down. Don't deal with it right now. So what does that mean? It means interference even more, even deeper, and stopping you from being able to actually figure out what the problem is to be able to process whatever difficulties were happening and then to be able to overcome them. So pharmaceuticals are not about healing and being supportive. They are about suppression. Conventional medicine oppresses and suppresses. That is its goal. Now, most people, I don't believe when they go to school to become an MD or a DO in the United States, know that. 
they think that they're becoming a doctor because they care about people and they have compassion and they want to help people. And they have no idea that the pharmaceutical companies actually pay for their residency. And they're the ones who make the donations for the school. And they're the ones who are actually in charge of your education, which means a huge part of their training is about number one, memorizing how to answer questions in order to be able to pass boards. They don't even actually have anatomy classes where they're cutting on cadavers anymore. That was something interesting when I found that out a few years ago. There's that, but they are loaded up with questions. And what happens when you go to the doctor's office, when you go to a conventional medical doctor's office, you spend what, maybe 15 minutes because a unit of time for charging insurance company is 15 minutes. And you are asked how your medications are being managed. And then if they're working, they just give you another prescription. If you don't have a medication yet, they'll write you a prescription for one and even send it over to the pharmacy for you. And if you are if you are using something that isn't actually helping you because of the side effects that you're having or it's not actually taking care of the problem that you went on it for, then they just switch it to a different one, sometimes not even remembering or realizing that they've already had you on that one and it didn't work before. See, because medications work systemically in the body because when you swallow them, it goes through your digestive system and then it goes through your entire body and then it works on the processes and functionality of your body biochemically because that's how they work. They don't target certain things like, oh, I have a pain in my foot, so I'm going to block these pain receptors. It goes through your entire body and it touches those pain receptors and blocks them. But it's also affecting other areas in the body as well. So when I say back to the basics, naturopathic medicine, we don't jump to medications. Now, if it's something that is needed, then of course we utilize a medication, but that's not the be all and end all. The basics means how much sleep are you getting? Like I said before, how much water are you getting? And some people might say, oh my God, I drink a lot of water, a lot of water. And what do they mean? Three cups? Three cups of water is not a lot of water. 13 cups of water can be a lot of water depending on the size of those cups. But three cups of water? Not usually. But to some people, that might be an excessive amount of water because they're not used to what it means to drink a decent amount of water. And the jury's out on this. Some people say, you know, eight cups of water. Some people say eight glasses of water, and those glass sizes can be different. Some people say the bigger you are, the more water you should drink. Some people say, depending on how much activity you do, depends on how much water you should be drinking. One thing that I know I said in my water and hydration episode at the very beginning, one of the elders in our field says that you should drink enough water, and this is water, not soft drinks, not juices, not coffee, but actually, literally, regular, clear, clean water. You should drink enough water that when you pee, it comes out straw color. So you don't want it to be orange. You don't want it to be super dark. Keep in mind, of course, like I said before, depending on what you eat changes what your pee looks like. Like for example, if you're eating asparagus, you're going to have neon looking pee. So keep that in mind. So you should never want it to be a brownish color. That means you got something going on with your bile. You got something going on with your kidneys there. You got something going on that's not happening the way it's supposed to be happening. Your filter system system's not working correctly in your body, something's going on. You don't want it to be red. That means you could be bleeding unless, of course, you ate a lot of beets. That might make a difference as well. Again, in the water and hydration episode. So going back to basics, why would that matter? Well, sometimes we just get so caught up in everything that's happening in life. It can get chaotic. It can seem like a panic. It can seem like there's all this anxiety because we don't know what to do. We don't know what to pay attention to. We don't know what to follow. And we're not really sure how to do things and how to get back on track. So then what do we do? Number one, you cannot live without breathing. So what do we do? We breathe. 
Very, very, very simple, basic thing to do. We call it a box breath. So you breathe in and then you hold your breath and then you breathe out and then you hold that breath. So you breathe in and then wait and then you breathe out and then you wait. And typically we do this with a count of four. So we would breathe in two, three, four, and then hold it two, three, four, and breathe out two, three, four, and then hold it two, three, four. And if you want to pause this or go back and do it again and do it again and do it again, feel free to be able to do that. Now, there are other ways that you can utilize the breath. There are all different methods. You can check it out online, check YouTube. Wim Hof is like a super famous thing going on right now, the Wim Hof method to be able to control what's going on in your life, extreme colds, like all different kinds of things with breath. Go ahead and try doing searches on that. Check it out. Any of those kinds of things are always good and beneficial, but changing how you breathe, like if you're hyperventilating, like if you're breathing super fast, if you're in a panic, then if you breathe in, you're already getting a lot of oxygen, right? So you breathe in, then you breathe out and make your out breath last longer than your in breath. So that way you're slowing down you're giving yourself the opportunity to get rid of all that carbon dioxide that's building up in your system because you keep breathing in. And so your body is converting it. It is bringing that oxygen to your organs, to your cells, so that way it can digest what's going on in there. Digest meaning metabolize because you're having an exchange with your air inside your body and all of the byproducts of that respiration needs to come out. So then that's where the carbon dioxide is from. So then as it's circulating through your body, it comes back to your lungs. You need to be able to breathe that out freely into the open air to be able to dispel what's coming out of your body, not breathing it back in because it's trapped in front of your mouth, but be able to breathe it out and then breathing in again, doing that holding of your breath breathe it back out. You can have longer breaths on the exhale to be able to help get rid of that extra buildup of toxins from the metabolites in your system, which are just the breakdown byproducts of metabolism. So when you're actually digesting things and your body is working the way it's supposed to. So that's one way to go back to basics is to breathe. You can even play with it and watch the clock and see the second hand down there or do a timer to check and see how long you can hold your breath for in a controlled manner while you're doing those pauses. So when you're breathing in and then you pause and then you breathe out and you pause, increase those amount of pauses, increase the amount of time that you're doing for that box breathing in, wait, out, wait for that whole cycle and then see how many times or how little times can you effectively breathe per minute? I used to play with that and freak my intern out when I was in medical school because I would hold my breath while she was trying to count and see how many times I was breathing and have like, you know, two count per minute. And that is really, really, really slow, deep breathing. So if you want to go ahead and try that, just work with it. Don't give yourself a panic attack because you're freaking out because you can't breathe, right? Don't make yourself pass out, you know, be smart about it. Just play with it and see what you can manage on your own, judging against yourself, not anybody else or anything that I said. That's one way. Another way is eating healthy. 
So getting back to basics, nutrition, having a variety of foods that are whole and natural that grow. And what does that mean? It means if it looks the way that it grows when you eat it, well, that's whole and natural. If it's been processed, so it's been packaged, it's been partially cooked and dried out and put in a box or put in a can so it can exist on a shelf without rotting anytime soon, well, then that's not whole and that's not natural. So what are we talking about? Fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. Now, if you think about grains, grains have to be processed in order to be able to be digested. So you can't just pick a stalk of wheat or whatever. I don't know if that's even the right term, but you can't just walk up to a wheat field and grab it and start eating it. Like the bran has to be pulled out of it. It has to be processed somehow. It has to be crushed. I don't know. It has to cook, have to be able to leaven it, have to be able to do all different kinds of things to be able to make it into a product that you can eat. So that is not whole. That is not natural, right? So being able to do that, like seeds and nuts and meats that have been sustainably raised that are even better organic. Those have the best qualities of energy in them that leads to lasting vitality. Why? Because it's a high level of life in our food products that is able to sustain us. What's another thing? What's another thing you can think of that's a lifestyle factor that you have control over? What do you think? What about the loudness of your environment? How loud things are? How much things stress you out? Are you giving yourself an environment that gives you the opportunity to calm down, to be able to relax, to be able to, you know, put your feet up and close your eyes and just rest? Or are you constantly bombarded with stimulation, noise, activity, visual things happening? Like your computer is always on, your TV is always on, your music is always on. There's always some kind of noise and activity distracting you, keeping your brain active. Or do you have an environment that you can rest in? that you can freely think and have creative ideas and that you can have downtime in. That's another thing. How much are you moving? Are you going for walks? Are you biking? Are you hiking? Are you swimming? Are you running? Like what kind of activities can you do? Sometimes just sitting down on the floor and laying down and being able to get up off the floor without any assistance is something that people can't do. Being able to get down and move just move around, move your arms, get some rotations in your shoulders, get some rotations in your hips, bend your knees, whether you're on your back or you're on your feet, do some weight bearing exercises, use some elastic bands and get some resistance training in there. Grab a couple cans of soup or something. If you have those kinds of products, be able to do some lifting. Make sure when you're doing those bicep curls that you are stopping at different spots in the air and it's not just always a full range. Sometimes we want to go only three quarters of the way. Sometimes we want to go only 10% of the way and just give yourself these different opportunities to utilize different ranges of motion while you're activating your muscles. What about sleep? How much sleep do you get? Are you sleeping restfully? Are you falling asleep and having a good night's rest and waking up feeling fully refreshed, ready to bounce out of bed and enjoy the upcoming day? Is that something that you're able to do? See, all of these different things are important. Sometimes energy medicine is where it's at. Being able to just take your hand 
and even holding it slightly above your body and being able to feel the interactions of those electrons and those different particles that are in your body that help create who we are as human beings and just be able to reflect and feel that connection and interaction between those molecules being balanced, that's something else as well. So there are a lot of different things it also includes getting rid of the things that are overstimulating or taxing to your body because we have a combined effect of the toxic load of everything. So it might be just like a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. But when you combine everything together, then it just can be unmanageable. And that is what leads to problems. So when you get back to the basics, it's just being simple, getting rid of the stuff that's interfering and enhancing the basic natural things that help us reestablish our baseline. Because sometimes when life gets chaotic, it's because we've forgotten to keep recentering and coming back to our natural set point of who we are. And that is something that is always beneficial, no matter what state we're in, no matter where we're at on our path, and no matter what our objectives and purposes. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me at 586-405-7618. Or you can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S-T dot M-E. This is Dr. Francis saying, enjoy, have fun, and until next time, bye guys.